TCU opens the season against Colorado this year. It's going to be a very hyped game. I expect big noon kickoff, maybe college game day will even be there for the kickoff of the Coach Prime era. But the Frogs should not be afraid of the Buffaloes. Like, there's there's this growing sentiment that this might be an upset. Listen, that's not happening. The game's not going to be close. I'll tell you why next on Lockdown Hunt Frogs. Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, one of our listeners, watchers, realized yesterday that we hit our goal of 600 subscribers, which is true. I appreciate you doing that. Uh, that was Craig that pointed that out. Thank you, Craig. Um, so, yeah, we're at 607 now. Let's just keep it going. Excited that you guys are enjoying the content on YouTube, or if you're enjoying it in its audio form, um, you can always subscribe via any audio platform that you listen to. We're now on the SiriusXM app as well, if you have that and would like to check it out on SiriusXM. You can listen to Lockdown Horn Frogs there as well. So TCU opens the season against Colorado this year, and uh, they did this last year in Boulder, won that game 38-13. to dominated the second half, really dominated physically on the ground, did not play Super Bowl in the first half. That was a 7-6 to six ball game at halftime, and TCU's only touchdown came via a Darius Davis punt return. And so I've been kind of watching the, the narrative around this. And Colorado is um, doing something really interesting. I mean, everybody kind of does this now when they bring in a new coach. They do an overhaul of transfers. But Deion Sanders, at the moment – and this changes constantly, so it might be different by the time I record. But according to The Athletic, he has 42 transfers coming in, 21 that came in and went through spring practice, and then uh, I believe 21 more who have verbally committed to come play for Boulder, to come play for Coach Prime in Boulder. And Deion Sanders has been very vocal. You know, he he had that famous video where he where he told the guys that were there, he was like, "Listen, uh, I'm bringing luggage, and it's Louie." go ahead and hit the portal, and he basically cut a lot of players in the offseason. Um, and that in itself is not necessarily unprecedented. Like, we see coaches now do huge roster overhauls in the offseason. Lincoln Riley did this at USC. But Dion's taking it to another level. And I think the combination of a, a relatively close game in the first half last year when Colorado was one of the worst teams in Power 5 football, <clears throat> combined with all the hype of Deion Sanders coming in as the head coach, a lot of uh, talent that's coming to Colorado now and what's going to be a much more talented team when TCU and Colorado face off. There's a belief, not really in the betting market. I'll share some of the betting lines a little bit later, but I've just kind of seen this online. There's a belief that this game might be close or from Colorado fans, really the only people I've, I've seen say this, that the Buffaloes might win, which is absurd and ridiculous. Um, TCU is coming off a national championship appearance season, right? Like went 12 and 0 in the regular season. Unfortunately, lost that Big 12 championship game to Kansas State. Yes, they have a lot of overhaul. They lost Max Duggan. They lost Quentin Johnson, Kendra Miller. They had eight players drafted. We know the drill. However, this season opener is not going to be close. TCU is going to win this game by a big margin. Um, Colorado, I think, is going to be good eventually. I think this experiment's going to work. Dion brings in talent. And talent is not everything, but it is a huge factor in college football. As much as we love to just think that it's, it's like the movie Rudy and anybody can be anything, and if you just work really hard, 
you can beat anyone. Um, in a lot of instances, <clears throat> talent wins out. Like it has to be that combination of talent and great culture and hard work and all those things need to come together. And so I, I don't doubt that Dion is going to bring in uh, some great players. He already has. However, this is a massive roster overhaul. And TCU is getting Colorado in the very first game of the season. And there's a lot of guys that even though they're super talented, Travis Hunter was the number one player in the country coming out of high school. Dion got him to go to Jackson State. And he will be on the other side in this game when TCU plays Colorado. As a corner, possibly wide receiver, he plays both ways. Shadur Sanders, very talented quarterback. But it's going to be his first time playing like real Power 5 football. Um, they've completely overhauled this offense and defensive line. They have a brand new re receiving core. And yes, Colorado is going to be better. They're going to be much more athletic. But TCU is not going to be intimidated. They played the best of the best last year. And aside from just an awful game in the national title against Georgia, they took everybody's best shot and they won those games. Um, I mean, like they have brought in some really talented wide receivers. We might see Travis Hunter uh, on offense, right? Like we might see him catching passes. They brought in some guys like, you know, Jalen Ellis from Baylor, who we're familiar with, Willie Gaines from Jackson State, who had a huge year, Jimmy Horn Jr. from UCF, who had over 800 yards, or excuse me, 551 yards last season, EJ Horton from Marshall, um, who's a young player they like, Xavier Weaver from South Florida, who's a, a talented player, who had 718 yards receiving last year. But, I mean, do you think guys like Avery Helm, who started at corner in the SEC and played there all season last year, and Josh Newton on the other side, who started in the Big 12 and played a lot of great wide receivers, are going to be intimidated by that athleticism talent? No. Do you think in the trenches, guys like Dominic Williams um, and Tymon Mitchell, who's played at Georgia, is now at TCU, and Caleb Fox, who played at a high level all year last year and played high-level talent in the trenches all year long, are going to be intimidated by the, the three-star players that they brought in? Like, Colorado's overhauling this offense and defensive line. They're doing it on the offensive line with a lot of Kent State transfers, which, I mean, they're good players. Sean Lewis, the Kent State head coach, is coming over to be their offensive coordinator. Really sharp mind. But this is game one with a brand-new team, basically like an expansion football team. Um, and I think TCU is going to take this game seriously. There's going to be a lot of hype around it. This, this crew has something to prove. They got embarrassed in the last game of the season last year. Um, Sunny Dykes is going to have them ready. It's going to be a tough preparation because, um, you know, like this is a, a talented team and you don't know a lot about them. You don't know what they're going to do. And there's good players like Derek McClendon from Florida State who had – he started every game at the edge for, uh, for Florida State last year. He's on their defensive line. It's going to be a good test for Brandon Coleman and Andrew Coker. But, again, these are guys that face off against some of the best talent in the country last year. Like, those two tackles started every game last season. Colorado's going to be better. But this season opener is not going to be close. TCU has brought in their own talent, right? Joe Jill Earl from Alabama, the slot receiver position. John Paul Richardson from Oklahoma State, the slot receiver position. They have guys like Savion Williams, who's really experienced on the outside. I mentioned the players in the secondary. They're going to be ready for this game. They'll be prepared, and they're going to win. Our friends at FanDuel have the line at 23-and-a-half, which is high. And I, I saw most – you know, these lines opened – 
uh, for the most part, TCU was 18-point favorites. So essentially like a three-touchdown favorite. And it's actually moved more towards TCU with all this transferring in and out. Because Colorado at the moment doesn't have a lot of scholarship players. Now that's going to change because they'll get these guys verbally committed, signed, and they'll they'll be okay. Like from a scholarship standpoint, they'll be fine. But this is a, a brand-new coaching staff, brand-new team, and TCU dominated that game physically last year. Like, yes, they struggled in the first half. Chandler Morrison, that offense, didn't do a great job. But they ran for 275 yards. <clears throat> Max Duggan came in like midway through the third quarter and only threw the ball three times because they just figured out, like, we can just run the football on Colorado and it's not going to be a big deal. And I think Colorado's going to be much better in the trenches this year, but I still feel like TCU's physicality is going to win out. TCU wins, TCU covers. Yes, they're going to cover the 23 and a half. And listen, for everybody jumps all over me, I think this experiment at Colorado is going to work. I think Deion Sanders is going to bring in talent. I feel like this coaching staff around him is really good, and they will eventually be a good football team. But you're coming off a 1-11 season. You have a brand-new roster. I think 6-6 six and six would be, like, a great year. And I think that's if some things fall into place for them. I don't feel like that's where they're going. I think we're looking at more like three or four wins for the Buffaloes, even with all this talent they brought in. Because it's just hard to flip a roster like this. We've never seen anybody do it. But TCU's winning this game, and they're winning handedly. Thanks to our friends at FanDuel um, who gave us that line. And I wanted to talk about FanDuel before we move on here. FanDuel's where the game starts. They're the official betting partner of the NBA. Um, don't know if you watched Warriors-Lakers last night, but Lakers go up 3-1 in that series. We got Celtics and uh, Sixers tonight in a series that's tied at two. And with, M- with these NBA playoff games, you can bet money line, you can make prop bets, do parlays, whatever it is you want to get involved in. You can do that at FanDuel. They have an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. You can also go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to take advantage of their no-sweat first bet deal. Again, that's a no-sweat first bet deal. Put as little as $5 down on your first bet and get to to $1,000 possibly in bonus bets. FanDuel, again, it's where the game starts. Okay, back here on Locked on Horn Frogs, I wanted to uh, share some of your comments from yesterday's episode. I talked about TCU's offense and could it possibly be better in 2024? Garrett Riley moves on. Kendall Browse coming in as play caller. Um, a lot of changeover in personnel. Chandler Morris at quarterback. Obviously, Quentin Johnson's gone. Kendra Miller's gone. We talked about this in the last segment. Amari Mercado also will be out, which I think is probably a bigger deal than sometimes we want to make it to be because he was such a good – backup running back. Um, but some of you commented on YouTube and had uh, some thoughts. Justin McGuffey said last year, the athletic talent of Duggan, Miller, and Johnson bailed out the play calling with big plays of 25 plus yards. If Morris can sustain drives and dominate the time of possession, it will score less points, but be much better. Um, yeah, I agree with some of that. I, I don't agree that Garrett Riley was a horrible play caller. I think he wasn't always a great situational play caller, but I feel like the way he scripted games and the way he went about calling games was uh, was good and smart. And, yes, they definitely had moments where it was like, screw it, QJ's down there somewhere, and let's loft it up. Um, but I think the flip side of that is they had this athletic talent on the roster for at least two seasons before Garrett Riley and Sonny Dykes got there, and they weren't able to, to score points consistently. Like, 
they definitely upgraded from what they were doing. So if it was just Kendra and Quentin and Max bailing out bad play calling, why didn't they do that the first couple of years of their career? Like, what was the difference? I think there was obviously a more coherent and cohesive offensive game plan that contributed to some of that. But, yeah, they, uh, you know, the offense at times was a big play offense. I think it was kind of boomer bust, and I feel like they could definitely be more efficient in 2024 um, or 2023, excuse me. Uh, so I agree with you on that. Uh, Tommy Fisher, uh, he said about the offense, I do think the offense could be better. I think the passing game would be better. Run game might take a hit. One thing to keep in mind is the new rules with the running clock to shorten the game. There might not be as many possessions. If that's the case, scoring will be down for everybody. That's a good point about the clock. I feel like everybody kind of just said, oh, yeah, they're not stopping the clock anymore after first downs except in the last two minutes. Not a huge deal and kind of moved on. But to me, that's a huge deal. I mean, obviously in the NFL, scoring still happens a lot. You still have comebacks. But, I mean, that's one reason why in college football teams are always able to stay in games. And the game's never really truly over until it is because these comebacks can happen because the clock stops so frequently and you can move the ball without having to burn your timeouts. And so I do think that's a big deal. And, yes, that might affect possessions. That might affect scoring in general. You're right about that. Um, Biff McGraw. Hey, Biff, haven't heard from you before. Good to see you. If Chandler Morris plays like he did against Baylor, I think they can be better. It was the Kendall Browse offense that prevented TCU from going to the playoffs in 2014. He also has experience in the SEC. Yeah, Kendall um, did a really nice job calling plays for Arkansas in the SEC West, which I think is the best division in football. And so you're right about that. Um, And I could see this offense being better, maybe even being – you know, not more explosive, but more efficient, as we've talked about. Um, and, yeah, that that those Baylor teams in 2014, 2015 were really, really good, and they could score with anybody. So it will be interesting to see kind of how he's evolved since then. Uh, CJ said, I love Chandler and all the pass catching weapons. Excuse me. He's most worried about the running back room. Um, yeah, you know, the running backs, I, I said this after the spring game, they didn't overly impress me. I think in the end they'll be okay. But Kendra Miller is a big loss. Uh, I like Trey Sanders. I like the patience I saw from him. Um, Obviously, there's questions about his durability and health because he was out for so long during Alabama at at his time uh, in Alabama after that car accident. And then we'll kind of just have to see with Imani Bailey. But um, they might not have one bell cow back like they did last year, but I, I feel like they could have, you know, a good tandem or a good committee that could uh, have good production. And Zoom play said, yes, this offense is faster and more explosive. Definitely will be faster, I think, to be determined about the explosiveness. But they want to play at a fast pace for sure. Thank you so much for chiming in. You can always do that in the YouTube comments. You can also tweet at me. I'm at SimcockSteven on Twitter, and the show is at LockedOnTCU. We'll take another break and then wrap things up. This is Locked On Frogs. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, reminder, no midweek game for TCU baseball. Um, so they will get back in action on Friday against Baylor. A couple kind of housekeeping things about some other spring sports. TCU Beach Volleyball, congrats to them on a great season. They made it to the Final Four, um, but fell to USC in the national semifinals by a score of three to two. They won two matches but lost three. That final match went to the last set. USC went on to win the national championship, but great season overall at TCU Beach Volleyball. Wish they could have brought home a national title, but they're building something special over there. They're getting better and better each and every year. And TCU men's tennis, um, they won their regional. They swept UTA and then swept 
uh, Texas A&M. Luke Famba did not play in either of those matches, so that's something to watch. Not sure if he's nursing an injury or what, but they'll uh, get underway in the Super Regionals against Mississippi State this weekend. Again, those uh, matches will be in Fort Worth. So that'll be fun to watch. TCU men's tennis uh, trying to go for a national title. A lot of good sports this year at TCU, as we all know. That'll do it for Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.